Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickleloaf and Dr. Zong! It's a show, it's a silver and gold show, I'm the loaf and with me, Dr. Zah. Hi. Hi. Uh, this week on this show, we're a little bit late, but we got some shit going on and we're lazy. We, uh, we're doing Cockfighter from 1974, directed by Monty Hellman, and we're doing Shogun Assassin, uh, 1980. Reassembled by Robert Houston. We'll get to those soon. Zom, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Doing fine? I am. I don't know. My air conditioner's still not fixed. My uh, central air. Oh. Uh, they've been out three hot? times. They're still fucking. I don't know. So, you know. And then, uh, so have I you, ended have up. Have been hot there? Is it, is no, it, is I, the I, t- oh. I took drastic measures and I went to Walmart and bought a window unit nice. just a small one and uh so that's getting me by but um uh, i don't know what the deal is you know and it, it seems funny that when you get a bill and they haven't fixed anything yeah fuck that you know it it, it works for a while but then i end up having like a big pool of water on my basement floor because i guess the thing is freezing up and then it uh, melts and all this and that. Something's not working right. And I haven't heard from him in, uh, I don't know how many days now. So hopefully I won't have to replace everything, which would be about five grand, the furnace and all that, which would be a thrill considering that I am just, uh, redoing my bathroom, which is, uh, you know, whatever. And, um, yeah, I had, to, we had to, we replaced ours and then, shit happened and we sold the house <laughs> yeah it's one of those deals where it's, it's yeah. like uh it seems like when it rains it pours you know but then again you know if i well whatever it's just a bunch of you know the world is just coming to an end anyway so what's the point that's what i'm saying uh that would suck to a- fucking get like a whole new air conditioner or furnace put in and then the world comes to an end i would feel like you know fuck i wish i had that money so I could go buy like a ten thousand dollar prostitute for my last day on Earth, or a um, buy a uh, big armored semi with uh, spikes and bald men painted that ride on the roof to fend off uh, would be attackers. I don't even know what you're talking about. Mad Max, man. Oh, I thought you were talking about Wild Rebels. What's Wild Rebels? It's a movie I watched this past. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Well, my week sucked. So what have you been watching? <laughs> oh well, not to, not to gloss over anything. Um, hmm. Yeah, I had nothing honestly. Like it was just a boring fucking ordinary week. Yeah, that week is so GGTMC. Let's four see. minutes sixteen seconds. Yeah. Um, I watched Goon last night again, which is fucking still just hilarious from beginning to end. Um, I don't know why. I guess you just have to, sometimes you have to watch it. Uh, <laughs> I watched uh, An Honest Liar, which is a documentary on Netflix Instant about the amazing Randy, who is a magician who um, goes around, who, who, you know, even when I was a little kid, he would go on these talk shows and stuff and uh, with like uh, – Oh, what do you call it? Like uh, faith healers and uh, con men and I don't know, people like uh, the, the palm readers and paranormal shit. And he would show how they were full of crap, which is pretty good, pretty interesting. And it has a little twist to it that I did not expect. That's what I'm talking about. And the next thing I watched was Appropriate Behavior from 2014, which is directed by Desiree Akhavan, written by Desiree Akhavana, and it stars her. And this is pretty fucking funny. It was on uh, iTunes for like a 99-cent rental in the um, independent uh, movies. And I, I got rented. Uh, I rented Everly, the, that Selma Hayek action movie. I haven't watched it yet, though. Okay. It looks. It's probably not good. It was ninety nine cents, though. It looks like her shooting guns and her big boobies jiggling while from the recoil. That's probably worth a buck. Um, this one, I didn't know what. For some reason, I just rented it because it was ninety nine cents. But I didn't look and see what it was about. I knew it was about like uh, sexuality. Uh, I thought maybe like transgender or whatever. I think I, all I remember is reading that she was Persian and either lesbian or bisexual and dealing with that. Well, I didn't know it was a comedy. It's fucking funny. De- definitely worth a watch. Um, meh, meh. And let's see. The next thing I watched was 1993's uh, legendary Rennie Harlan. Ha ha. Actually, Sylvester Stallone directed movie Cliffhanger. Um, this movie is so dumb, it is hilarious. <laughs> it is dumb. The villains are so dumb, it it's inexplicably... I mean, they, they are so dumb. Okay, an example, you're on a cliff, cliffhanger, right? With like uh, ten guys, who are all the bad guys, Michael Rooker and Stallone. And they send Stallone up to look for this money and make him climb with a rope tied to his leg. And then... They're like, he's taking too long. Get that son of a bitch. <laughs> and so this guy takes like a grenade launcher and starts shooting up at him. And the first thing you think is, okay, if this causes an avalanche, you're <laughs> underneath it. You know, not the best thing to do. I mean, just dumb. But it's funny. It's funny because it's just stupid. Um, Stallone. Yeah. Anytime my friend Randy even looked at it, he said, you know, anytime – that Stallone tries to be funny, it's awful. Like, he'll throw in these little quips every <laughs> once in a while, and it's just horrible. 1967, William Greffy, or Grief? Uh, Greffy? Wild Rebels. Uh, this stars the legendary Steve Alamo. 
um, who apparently was a singer at one time in the mid-60s, maybe. Um, Jesus Christ, who'd they say he was good friends with? There was some star that he was like really good friends with. I can't remember, so that's really bad trivia that I'm throwing in there. This is a motorcycle movie. Um, it's really bad. It's uh, Larry Bishop uh, Worthy. Larry Bishop. And uh, Steve Alamo is uh, pretty fucking funny. It's got another guy in it, and I can't remember what his name is. <laughs> I think <laughs> maybe. Let me see. This one dude in it was like the fucking uh, middleweight champion in real life, and he plays somebody in it. But I can't remember, so I don't care. It was bad, uh, as some of those old uh, motorcycle movies tend to be. Most of them, really. Um, watch 2014's Yi Gi Ren Di Wu Lin, or Kung Fu Killer, a.k.a. Kung Fu Jungle. Uh, directed by Teddy Chan and written by Teddy Chan and starring Donnie Yen. Um, this is – I'll tell you what, people. Listen up. Let me tell you something. Um, I thought it was going to be better than what it was. It is what it is because it's, it's like an homage to uh, kung fu movies, which in the end, in the titles, they dedicate it to like just about everybody who's been in like a Shaw Brothers movie or a Jackie Chan <laughs> movie. Um, I thought it could have been better, but I watched it twice, so it must not have been too bad, and I bought it. I like Donnie Yen. <laughs> he, he just has – He's awesome. He has a certain he, – I don't ever want to see him play a bad guy. Because he just has that this face that uh, he looks like like he could be like your uncle, a nice guy <laughs> who's like your uncle and who has like a really good heart. Now the bad guy in this motherfucker who is uh, where is he? Let's see. I think that no, that's not him. Oh, I don't know what his name is, but anyway, let's carry on. Um, he's really good. He's he's just a, a perfect heel. He's got a scarred face. He's crazy as shit, and he's a jerk. Uh, got some good kung fu in it. Uh, a lot of wire stuff, you know, which I'm not really that thrilled about. But um, let's see. I watched uh, Sherlock. Uh, the, the you know I say a series, but each episode there's only three per. Um, season and they're an hour and a half long so it's like three movies uh scandal and belgravia which to me was the best one i've seen so far i'm into this i'm in the second season that's the first one of the second season and it is awesome um i watched god forgives i don't with um terrence hill and bud spencer uh it's pretty good you know western um it also has the red-headed guy at the beginning of once upon a time in the west the the guy that had the family that got massacred, uh, he's an asshole. Uh, let's see. Uh, also, Sherlock, Hound of the Baskerville. That one was pretty good. It, it was uh, of that season. Uh, you know, there's three of them. That any, was the uh, least of them. Any interest in seeing the new Holmes movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With uh, Ian McKellen. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, watched the Reichenbach fall, which is another uh, Sherlock one. That was the last one of the second season. Very good. Uh, Well, Moriarty is such a fucking piece of shit. He is such a, just, it just, he's perfect for the part. He is so, such a jerk. 
Um, and I've started watching Hell on Wheels, the TV show. I watched the first two episodes of that, which I have never seen. El Goro, uh, I think, likes that one, and I thought I would give it a shot. It is on Netflix. Civil War, a pre or post Civil War stuff. Uh, but uh, so far, it's been pretty good. Cool. That's it. That's it. Um, I had an okay week, I guess. There were, there were two movies that I want to mention first off that I started and did not finish. And it was for different reasons. Um, one, of, I bought the Blu-ray for La Dolce Vita um, on the the blue the Barnes and Noble Criterion sale, mm-hmm. and this is a movie that I've started and stopped before, and not because I've disliked it, but for some reason I make it like an hour into this and I fall asleep and and fuck if it happened again. <laughs> I it's it I don't know it's as soon as they get there's a scene where they're going to like. Uh, it's like they're filming a, a a place where people go to like see the Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. and it starts raining. But anyway, it's around that scene every time I fall asleep, and I don't know what it is about this. I just maybe I need to put this on and just like start it right there whenever I have trouble sleeping. Um, I'm gonna get through it obviously because I own it now. So there's well, that's a... one that like if you ever have trouble like um, if you have insomnia. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm just gonna put it on at like. 55 minutes so I can get comfortable and then right when the one hour mark hits. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is, but um, it's the Fellini movie. For those that don't know, it's supposed to be his masterpiece. Eight and a half is still my favorite of his, which I've seen multiple times. So. Um, and the other one was one that you had mentioned on the group, um, Coriolanus. Mm-hmm. Cor- Coriolan- this was good. What I saw, uh, my problem with it is I could not fucking understand what they were yeah. saying. So I liked the action stuff, and I liked uh, Ray Fiennes. Like, but whenever it would start to show the politicians and stuff, I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck's going on now. It's, and I was it's really just like lost. reading Shakespeare. It's, it's hard to follow. You just kind of have to, like, if you have like a general idea of what's going on, and yeah, you can't I, really was, take it. You can't really follow it word for word. I think me. that's what I was trying to do. It's and like I realized to, you just try and pick up uh, the important parts. Yeah, the idea I felt like and stuff. That, you know, the yeah. What? Go ahead. I felt like like ten minutes would go by, and I'd be like, "Should I rewind it? Because I really don't know what the hell just happened." Think, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Man. So I made it about halfway through. I probably revisited at Did some you point. See it looked the part really good. Where Ray finds Fox. Um, um, what's his name? Ger- Gerard Butler. Uh yes, I saw that. Cool. Wait, that happened right at the beginning, right? I understood that part. <laughs> um now for some movies that I did finish. Um I went and saw Jurassic World at the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh looked pretty good. Uh Chris Pratt's pretty good. Something about this chick Bryce Dallas Howard really hot. I don't know what it was with her. Her tits. Red hair or something. And- vagina um vincent d'onofrio was pretty gross i don't know the the movie as a whole though i just <laughs> kind of he was he gets that a lot i bet well he it wasn't that he looked all that gross he looked like he always does but he um he's like this like uh what was the name of that group that got the the military group that got paid to go into iraq blackwater black he was like a blackwater type where he was trying to like convince them to let them weaponize dinosaurs, basically. Um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen the original Jurassic Park probably in 15 years or more. I don't even know if I've seen the second or third one. Maybe this isn't for me. 
Um, I'll just say I left in the middle to go piss, and I didn't rush back. I didn't dislike <laughs> it, but it's like I wasn't really blown away by it. Everybody's like, oh, my God, it's awesome. Oh! Uh, I don't know that it was all that awesome. It was, I mean, it was fine. That's what I say a lot about movies that are disappointing to me. They're fine. Yeah. Um, another one that wasn't very fine was Kick-Ass 2 I watched. Yeah, I didn't like that one that much at all. Eh, this one wasn't even fine. It was just kind of okay. Uh, I liked the first one quite a bit. I've seen it a couple times. Once Hit Girl grows up, it's kind of like, eh. Yeah. Kind of loses its life. I mean, you know, you like seeing a little kid out there fucking calling people motherfuckers and cocksuckers and shit. <laughs> But she was like 16 in this, so it wasn't yeah, as shocking. Yeah, gives a shit. It wasn't as shocking. Um, I, liked, um, I liked Jim Carrey in it. I thought he was pretty good. Um, I don't know. It felt like, you know, the first one was shocking where it needed, needed to be. Uh-huh. This one felt like it was just trying to go for, like, that, like, base humor too yeah. much. Um, I really rolled my eyes at, like, the failed rape scene. I don't know if you remember that. I I don't even remember. It was like a guy. It was going to be a rape, but he did. He they were implying that he didn't. He couldn't get it up. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Wait, that would be embarrassing. Crickets make a comeback. Um, <laughs> go and try and rape somebody and can't get it up. Yeah, what a what a puss. Yeah, dude. Uh, I watched The <laughs> Hobbit: An Unexpected Journey. <laughs> <laughs> it's two weeks in a row we've had rape humor. Wow. What's wrong with us? Um, the Hobbit, an unexpected journey. Uh, I had been avoiding this one. Did that have rape in it too? What? Did that have any rape in it? Is that what the unexpected no. journey was? No, no rape. Um, it's it's all right. It was very. It's a lot more like CGI looking, I think, than the Lord of the Rings movies were. Um, Wait, how come we get a hashtag? Uh, with a with a cartoon of a man sticking his head up another man's butthole. Because that's us, man. That's what we do is yeah. buttholes. That's what we're all about. <laughs> we're like, we're like uh, uh, Robert, where's the Robert Mitchum movies and Big Tits? Why don't we get tagged in those? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Hobbit Unexpected Journey. I, I enjoyed it. Um, the, I'm, I'm, I like I like that fantasy setting. It kind of um it always makes me reminiscent for these old like when I was when I was like 12, 13, I really got into like those those fast release fantasy novels. Yep. They would stick out like the the um Lee the TSR Dungeons and Dragons fan Forgotten Realms type stuff. Did you play stuff. Dungeons and Dragons? I didn't play it really as a kid cuz I didn't know anybody else that played it. I play, I've played it as an adult. Cause always, I mean, I always hear, you know, you heard about people that were like obsessed with it. And I know a guy that, I mean, he had like these books that were, Jesus Christ, probably, you know, 12 inches thick. And he, yeah. he would memorize all that shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? There was, um, when I played, um, it was only a, it was actually only a few years ago, but the, um, so they they release different rule sets at different times that kind of make the game play a little differently. Mm-hmm. And this was rule set number four, I think. And what they had done, it seemed like the makers of it were trying to make the game feel more like like a video game. Mm-hmm. So there, it took a lot of like the parts that made Dungeons and Dragons unique out. So it's like really you're just like you build a team and you go in and you just like kill shit and you get stuff and then it's over. Yeah. As opposed to like 
where it used to be where guys would go play for you know years at a time you know developing whatever but i think they've changed it back a little bit i, I can't i haven't played in a few years so i don't know but i, I enjoyed it kind of but um I, I used to really love the books a lot reading those books but th- this movie um i've heard this i heard they get kind of worse as they go along but i'll probably get, uh, catch the second two eventually because i mean i like this one pretty good um let's see i watched the ides of march uh baby goose and george clooney and um really uh made politicians look like just great people the <laughs> lobbyists and the people that work for them so uh it's a good movie. I, I, I missed this one uh, when it came out. I remember we had like like 25 of that poster up in the uh, storage room of the theater I worked at for some reason. So the poster of, you know, half Clooney face, half Gosling face. Just snag <laughs> so one. Of those no, I never did. I didn't really want it because I didn't mm-hmm. see the movie. Giamatti's really good in it. Um, and Philip Seymour Hoffman is good in it. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good. I liked it. It's... It wasn't overly political because I'm stupid and can't follow that stuff, so I was able to keep up. Oh, George Clooney directed it. I just saw yeah. that, so good on him. Love the Clooney. He, he's gonna. I thought I saw the other day that his wife is pregnant and they're gonna Uh-oh. have a boy. So he's oh. done. He lost half everything he got. <laughs> Dumb fuck. Well, George. Hey, you damn um, dummy. I watched for the first time The Outsiders. Francis Ford Coppola, 1983. Um, this is... I, like I said, I've never seen this. I had seen Rumblefish. Mm-hmm. Um, this one felt a little corny a few times. Yeah. That's, it, um, it kinda, yeah. It's, it's one... This is the kind of movie... And I know if I thought for, for a few, I could think of more examples where I wish I had seen it at a younger age. It seems like I could have gotten an affinity for this if I caught it younger. Is now it... I was just, is it homoerotic enough? <laughs> I like when sure. Swayze, when they go to the Rumble, and he like puts his tight shirt on and everything, and then when he goes out there, he squares off with the, with the <laughs> head jock, and he's like, hey, Daryl, hey, I can take you. You know, it's <laughs> like they used to be buddies or whatever, and then they're going to yeah. go for brawl. And it's so, like, and it, it's just pouring rain. They're all like ah, soaking wet, the shirts sticking to them, rolling in the mud. Pony boy staying golden. <laughs> Fucking poor, Johnny, uh, man. Leaf Garrett, what a jerk. <laughs> poor uh, Daniel Caruso, Karate Kid, ah. hanging upside down in the, in the hotel room. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Um, in the hotel room, the hospital room. Let's see. Dennis. I watched Animal Animal Kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, Australian crime film uh, from 2010. Uh, I didn't recognize Joel Edgerton might be the only name I recognized in the movie. Um, the the I thought it was pretty good. It ca- I felt like it kind of went on a little long by the end. Uh, I didn't. I don't know. I was wishing that it was going to be more like the beginning of the feel, uh, the the feel of the beginning of the movie, with this kid like all of a sudden discovering this where he's now unfortunately ending up, and it kind of felt a little too. I don't know, back and forth and like more formulaic at the end for some reason. I don't know if this was based on a true story or not. Um, I don't recall seeing that, but it was okay. Uh, you know, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I watched 
because of um, Shogun Assassin. I checked out Lone Wolf and Cub, the fourth one, Baby Cart in Peril. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd only ever, I've only ever seen the first three, so I finally checked this one out. Um, this one has <laughs> the, the for now the second time in a movie, Sex and Fury being the other one. I've seen a female uh, samurai fighting topless. So um, good on Japan for the seventies for that. Um, it's 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 good. It's not as uh, it's not as good as the first three. The first three are all really good, um, but it's still very good. The uh, I think I think what it is is that. The it's a little more serious in tone, <laughs> mm. uh, not as much of the there, there. There's quite a bit. Don't get me wrong, but not as much of the ridiculous violence is what 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 makes you laugh. But you'll still find it a few times. Not as much of the ninja action, if I remember. They're kind of starting to uh, merge together in my brain a little bit. Um, I watched the hit from 1984. I don't want to say much about it because I actually want to do it uh, the next show. Okay. So um, we'll talk about the hit soon. Um, and I watched, uh, what a way to wrap it up, Con el Odio en la Piel, or With the Hate in the Skin, or With Hate in the Skin. This is a pretty shitty uh, Hugo Stiglitz movie from the late 80s. Um, it kind of reminded me of Lone Star. <laughs> And only in the way that Hugo Stiglitz plays this really over-the-top racist sheriff. Nice. (laughs) And he hates hates all uh, Mexicans, dark-skinned Mexicans, because obviously he's Mexican. But but it takes place in Texas. Everybody speaks Spanish, but he hates all the people from Mexico and wants them to go home. And just uses his power as the sheriff to just um, basically torment everybody and murder them. And then a guy finally stands up and... It takes a little too long to get to the revenge stuff. Like it takes about uh, sixty-five minutes of the, uh, or the maybe eighty minutes of the ninety-five-minute movie to get there. So, eh, eh, it was all right. Eh. That's all. That's all I watched. And I've been watching Seinfeld still on uh, on Hulu. Hmm. Is that any good? Uh, <laughs> it, it might catch on someday. People seem to people seem to dig it. Dig it. I listened to um, him on Howard Stern the other day. It's like a you know on YouTube, an old one mm-hmm. where he interviewed him, and they talked about. It. He doesn't seem like he's. I mean, you know, he just he's one of these guys that when he's doing an interview is about as funny as a rock. He's kind of got <laughs> yeah. like a nasty like attitude to me, or so I don't know how to put it. He, I had that like. I mean, obviously, it's a TV show, but in the episode of Louie, where Louie was going to per- help him at that benefit. Yeah. Did you see that episode? Yeah, 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 and he didn't dress up. <laughs> it was the same kind of feeling with that. Like, I felt like he was just kind of like, ugh, like you're a burden. Yeah, well, that's, way, that's the kind of way I felt during this interview. It's like he's, he'd kind of be like kind of a dick, you yeah. know? But then again, on the show, when you think about it, he wasn't really a... Everybody was a dick on the show. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody was nice. Jay Peterman was all right. Kramer was probably the nicest one. Yeah, look at him. He hates black people. <laughs> All right, let's take a break and come back, uh, and we'll do we'll do cockfighter first. We'll fight some cocks. Bring on the cock. We'll be right back with cock. Movies need only three things: badasses. You tell me who you want done, and I'll do the hell out of it. <laughs> 
a chick with drive who don't take no jive. Boobs. Do you know that the female breast, known to be the source of life since Eve, can be deadly weapons? And body counts. Mathematics of murder and menace. The BBNBC podcast discusses lesser known action, exploitation, and horror cult cinema. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, and SoundCloud by searching for BBNBC podcast. You can also listen to each episode directly on the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com. Got the goddamn message? Let's go to work. <laughs> These songs just take too long to start. Maybe I need to pick Ramones just every time. What do you All right, uh, Cockfighter, 1974. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, the synopsis: <laughs> Southern action drama film about cockfighting. <laughs> what a shitty synopsis! It's um, succinct. It is. That is exactly what it is. It is a southern action drama film. About cockfighting. Um, directed by Monty Hellman. Is this our first Monty Hellman movie? Did we do Two Lane Blacktop? We have not did done that, Two Lane GGTMC Blacktop. GGTMC did that. But oh, they know. did that one a long time ago. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we did it. I, don't think, I, don't, I think this and Two Lane Blacktop are the only two movies I've even seen by him. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Zom, what did you think of? Oh, it's starring uh, Warren Oates and Harry Dean, Mr. Stanton. Mm-hmm. Not starring Ed Begley Jr., although he does make a quite an appearance, and some other people, some some names in there that as um, as was prone to happen with uh, Corman movies in the in the seventies, but none of them played huge roles outside of War Notes, Harry Dean Stanton, and then this guy Richard Shull, who I didn't really recognize, but you probably know where he's from. Anyway, what do you think of Cockfighter? Okay, this is probably I think this is the second time I have seen. The Cockfighter. It was also the second time I'd seen it. Uh, and um, AKA Born to Kill. You know, uh, let's see. I think I read that it was renamed Born to Kill after they like, because like it bombed. Yeah. And Corman like cut some stuff out and then re released it as Born to Kill and it still bombed yeah. again. Well, okay, here's the deal, people. Um, this is an interesting movie for. Uh, lots of reasons. I was going to say a couple of reasons, but for lots of reasons, I think. Okay, number one, uh, Warren Oates stars, and uh, which you know, for the longest time, you'd see Warren Oates in. He he was never the the main guy in the movie. He was always right. you know uh, kind of like a wild in the Wild Bunch or in a lot of westerns and stuff. He would play a dick or a douche or a dirty guy or you know scummy. Douche, dirty, douche, dirty guy, D- dirty douche. 
<laughs> but um, he's a really good actor. You know, he was uh, he, his his. Uh, I, I remember him starring as the main you know role or the lead in uh, Dillinger. Um, pretty much two lane blacktop when he played GTO. Uh, Bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. He's in uh, the shooting with uh, where uh, very young Jack Nicholson was the baddie in that one. It's a Western, Um, uh, which I think that was. I think Monty Hillman did that too, right? Yeah, I think so. And, um, but he's definitely has that rural kind of, you know, look and feel about him. So he can Mm -hmm. pull that kind of character off, which is great. Uh, But this movie, the interesting thing is uh, he never, well, no, I shouldn't say never because he doesn't flashbacks. He speaks, but yeah, he's got, he's got about four on camera lines, the whole movie (laughs) for, for, yeah, the better part of the movie, his, his uh, character, uh, which is Frank Mansfield, uh, takes a vow of silence after he numb skull is not and uh, like numb scullery. Uh, he he uh, gets drunk in a hotel room with uh, Harry Dean Stanton and a couple other people, and, and his and his white and black patent leather shoes. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Let me tell you something about you know Harry Dean's got some good outfits in this from movie. from like the Gomer Pyle days. Um, there's nothing that looks more rednecky. Than the black and white patent leather wingtips. Um, <laughs> I knew a guy that actually had a pair of those, and he would wear them with like a suit, and it could be the nicest suit in the world, and you look like a rube, a country hillbilly <laughs> rube, when you're wearing those black and white wingtips. Um, so he gets drunk, and you know they're rednecks, and they're hanging out in the fucking hotel room, and. Uh, um, he gets they're they they engage or they're participants in in cockfighting, and he starts shooting his mouth off and challenges Harry Dean Stanton to a cockfight right in the middle of the hotel room. So they both unzip their pants and take their cocks out and they start like sword fighting. Sword fighting. <laughs> which which when you th- when you think about it. The macho shit behind this and everything that, that I think the the roosters are are like a uh, it's like dog fighting these guys you know they're all like so macho they go get a dog and you know, um there probably is a little bit of uh, you know that going on there yeah. psychologically yeah. but um he ends up they're going to the championship and he has a chance to win the championship of cockfighting which you know every young guy that's what they aspire to it's just stupid it makes me want to vomit um so anyway um he he blows his chances because he ends up losing everything and he says i'm never you know i'm not gonna run my mouth anymore i'm not i'm I'm done i'm not gonna talk until i finish my until i uh realize my goal of being the best cockfighter yeah in Fucking redneck or red- in in rednecktopia. He's yeah, going rednectopia. to he's going to keep his mouth shut until he wins that medal. The, now the medal. This is interesting. The medal is given by either a state or I don't know if it's a state senator. They have like a commission and everything, or a national senator of that of that state. But regardless, he's a high up government mm-hmm. official who, I th- and if I'm not mistaken, they have a final thing at on like on his yeah. In his yard, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so... Um, yeah, fucking redneck. Uh, at the beginning, Frank's girlfriend 
is Dodie White, and she is played by Lori Bird, who was the chick from Tulane Blacktop. It's another Monty Hellman. She gets she she committed suicide. I think I read that is she the one that committed suicide? I, like Art Garfunkel? I think so. Or something? Yeah. Um, and you know she probably committed suicide from having to sit between James Taylor and um, Dennis Wilson and listening to them try and act in that movie. Uh, do you hear the cicadas? Uh, Jesus Christ! Uh, those two. I love that movie, but man, they were fucking. No wonder Charles Manson was trying to kill Dennis Wilson. He's probably like, God, you're such a horrible actor. Anyway, I shouldn't say that. That's not even. I saw. You know, the one thing about the internet, there's things on there that you really don't want to see, and I can't. I think I was looking up. Um. Either something about a serial killer or something. Oh, no. I was looking up a pic- for a picture of Roman Polanski, and somebody had posted the uh, autopsy pictures of uh, Sharon Tate after you know, the, the Manson uh, killed, you know, massacre or whatever. And it's just so awful and ten times more awful because she was pregnant. Um, so let's see. Um Lori Bird is his girlfriend, and he just kind of – Frank is um, one of these guys that uh, some people might say he's a man's man. Some people might he say – He doesn't give he a just, fuck. Yeah, he's a honey badger because that's his girlfriend, and he bets um, – he makes this bet on his cock that <laughs> and, and and loses. He's so certain that he's going to win. He tries to he bets too. He tries to cheat by – so he tries to fix the odds because he thinks he has the better right. rooster. But he tries to, like, stack the odds against him so he wins more yeah. money by taking a razor and, like, and like scraping up or, like, putting a, a mark right. on beak. the on his rooster's beak so it looks like it's cracked. But more, – More just to, 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 to fuck with the because, odds. It's, it's like if you were in a yeah. fight, like in uh, – the Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey movie or whatever, where he kind of takes a beating for a little bit just so that the odds will, you know, he, his man is out there betting. He makes right. a little scratch right. like, and then the people are like, Oh, wait a minute. You know? And, but everybody, when everybody counted, uh, they, everybody knew that, uh, or when uh, Cowboy Bob Orton yeah. cast that he, he was hurt, but he had, you know, that, just trying to stack never the odds. Worth of shit. Um, <laughs> poor guy. So Frankie, he 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 loses everything. He he they basically have like a a camper or a caravan and a, and a car, and he's got his girl, and then he he loses everything, including yeah, his girlfriend. That, and know. then he loses the girl too, and you know which is pretty just you know awful. And then he's he he loses Terry Dean Stanton, and he just basically is like you can have her, which is I thought you know this kind of yeah you know, what a jerk. What did he say? I wrote his. I wrote down his quote. Hang on. He said. He said the the voiceover that you hear of his. I felt sorry for her in a way, but I didn't worry about her. She's pretty and young, a good lay. Hell, she'd get by anywhere. Piss on her in the horse she yeah, rode in. Yeah, piss on her horse. But the funny thing was, is like she didn't do anything, and he's just like you know. Nope. So he obviously felt that way the whole time. He's just a real redneck jerk. And so anyway, he heads on down the road, and uh, 
and he doesn't have his cock. All he has is his. It's funny, just because every time I say that, I'm thinking, you know, like what, you know, he he uh, takes his cock out and everything, and you can't help but, you know, just think this phallic symbol or whatever. But I'm an animal lover, so throughout this whole movie, even like when he was scratching the beak on the chicken and everything, you know, I, yeah. my empathy levels, you know, go on high and even and this this movie does if you don't like animal cruelty or which you know who oh it's full of but i mean i i say who yeah. would from my perspective but there's people out there that wouldn't think anything of this not yeah. think anything of dog fighting not think anything of shooting a cat or you know kicking a dog or whatever and everything so anyway this has graphic um cock real real cockfighting in it um and in a in a in a moment that makes me uh, that made me kind of like you know you feel one way and the and another at the same time uh, in the 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 hotel flashback that made him decide to be to not say any more words that the way that that particular fight is shot was like it was beautiful looking yeah it, the the cinematography it was like slow motion and the way that the roosters would jump in the air and like kick and like the feathers were flying but it was like it was very very nicely uh lit shot everything it looked great some of the other cockfights by the end get more like stylized you'll see like really zoomed in of like just their face or something they, like they that said or their that feet scratching when they went to now they shot all the stuff this this whole movie could it could have been like a documentary about the cockfighting world because mm-hmm. I think they actually went and to these places and a lot of the people are, that are extras are, you know, the real people. Um, and I know Hellman really didn't, he uh, did not like it at all. He, he wasn't a fan of the animal cruelty and everything. And when they went to like the first cockfight, he went and said, he said, you know, when they started the cockfight, he went and sat in his car and Roger Corman went and started throwing, um, making bets he was like really into it. Jeez. So, um, you get, to, you get to see really graphic, you know, these roosters just, you know, uh, spurring the shit out. And not only they, they put like a, um, uh, a big, it looks like a big, almost like a needle, a big steel spike. Um, uh, they, they wrap it around the, uh, heels. Yeah. They call yeah. them heels. Right? And, uh, you know, it's not like, you know, the roosters already have their, their claws and have like spurs and everything, but they make it even worse because they put this big, it looks like a big knee, like a, a darning needle or something. And they use that to, to stab the other rooster with it. And, um, Frank says at one point, you know, uh, how can you not admire, uh, an animal that will fight to the death and not make a sound. Well, then he takes a vow of silence, uh, you know, saying, you know, okay, I, I brag, my ego got the better of me, my mouth got the better of me. And so he admires these roosters for not making a sound. So he kind of makes you wonder if he didn't kind of go that way when he decided he wasn't going to speak anymore. Um, now throughout the whole, you know, better part of the movie, Warren Oates doesn't say anything, but he has like these gestures. Like if somebody makes a joke or something, he'll slap his knee or, you know, uh, he, he really, they don't have any trouble understanding him. Like when they're making bets, he'll hold up his fingers and, you know, shake his head and everything. And, and, you know, he does a good job of that at doing that and everything. Um, you get a real rural feel for this. You know that this movie is a rural movie. I can see why it was a, like a drive-in movie and everything. Now I think that Hellman 
wanted to make more of a um, – he didn't want to concentrate as much on the on the cockfighting as he did the, the people, like in the, the character studies and everything. Right. Yeah, he was more interested in – in uh, Frank's story. right, he said that his the the scenes that he liked the most were like um, there's a okay Frank has a girlfriend that he it's like the girl that would be like the love of his life you know everybody's got one of those mm-hmm. and 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 you know you split up and then he's always even though he was with Lori Bird um, who was like a girl you know way too young for him and everything uh, that's probably why he didn't care about her. Also that and the fact that he had this other girl who is his ideal chick, you know, his girl, the one that he really loves. And um, he th- – there's there's the one scene on uh, where sh- she comes to see him and they go out on the porch and her mother's out in the car and everything. And that's kind of like a – it shows a different side of Frank where he actually is not just a total fucking, you know – macho redneck and um then he they go to uh, they sit alongside this uh like a pond or a lake and she shows her little you know perkies which you know look pretty good and they're they're making love and everything and so that was kind of nice and then i think the end scene with him and her uh which you know I won't go too much into but he always told, said you know that she couldn't understand him he felt that she she would never be able to understand him until she saw him in his element which is at a cockfight and that's kind of how delusional this fuck is because i mean it's like if you had a girlfriend and you said okay listen you're never going to be able to understand me until you go see me fight my pit bulls and see him rip each other apart and meet back right, in my right. element. It's it's just really a disgusting thing. But in his mind, uh, well, you know, <laughs> if, if from our perspective, and this is horrible, you know, I'm, I'm probably, we're pu- putting both of us down. But like, if you met a girl who didn't know anything about wrestling, and you said you're not going to be able to understand me until <laughs> you go to Fan Fest and see me and Loaf sitting ringside screaming at these guys <laughs> screaming at a 55 year old man beating up a 13 year old belt <laughs> so probably, you know so i guess everybody has their thing but at least that's you know uh not real um oh i'll get some heat for that it is real it's just predetermined <laughs> now if it was real and they were in there punching each other in the face their heads would be the size of a fucking balloon so don't give me that yeah. shit um it's different. I understand that, but whatever. I'm getting off on another tangent. But this has uh, – uh, Oates and Harry Dean Stanton are both great. They always are, except yeah. in Paris, Texas, where it sucked. Uh, <laughs> no, that's awesome. But they both can pull off that redneck, uh, you know, realistically, where you see some guys that, that – uh, you know, I, I always hate when they put, like, somebody in a – in a rural movie that's like from New York or Chicago or they're from England or something and they try and put on the accent and they just it just does not work. They could go hang out with those people. They could come here and hang out with my neighbors every day of the week and you just don't – it doesn't work. Um, you don't have the flavor, you know, uh, the deep-brewed flavor. Uh, Frank is an odd duck. <laughs> 
um like i said the the for for the most part of the movie it could almost they almost could have shot this as a documentary and not even had war notes or harry dean stanton and just followed them followed these people around and everything and that is interesting even though i find talk yeah. fighting distasteful it's just going to another like a, a subculture of you know the United States. Well, I mean, not just the United States. I mean, they do this in South America now, and you know, I'm sure in other countries. Um, they probably do it here a lot of yeah. places. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. But you 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 see how uh, like the um, like you said it, they they have it, it is this is a an organized thing. They have now they do the side things like where he goes to Ed Bagley Junior's place. Somebody makes a makes a a bet with him so he just goes to their house and there's nobody there but you know them but f- at these tournaments i mean they have referees they have rules officials and everything they'll find people if they do something wrong and everything now one thing that i thought was odd was um you know i guess it was it was probably looked down on kind of like bare knuckle fighting or dog fighting and everything but then um, the government, you know, when people, I think the ASPCA or whoever, they mentioned somebody coming down on them. So instead of having the tournament like out in the open, they would fucking rent a hotel room at some nice hotel. <laughs> nice for the time. I mean, it's 1974, you know. So, um, and they said, well, we'll just, we'll just have the fucking cockfights right here in the hotel where, you know, this nice carpet here, this would be good for the pit, and we'll throw the dead chickens in the bathtub. And you're like, what the fucking hell? Um, now I thought the one scene was funny where it was like the, the goddamn, uh, they, they, they have all these high rollers come and have this thing in the, in the hotel or motel room or whatever. And next thing you know, uh, somebody fucking, these guys show up and fucking rob them all, which was, was pretty funny. And with some really creepy masks, those guys had, I mean, you know, the whole thing was fucking, was probably planned. It might have even been planned by the guys who organized it. You know, said we're going to get all these guys here. Let's just take all their fucking money instead of winning bets. We'll just get all the money, you know. And and seeing, you know, uh, he they they make them all take their pants off, which I thought was funny because um, was it Lori Bird was there and she yes. had like a miniskirt on and they told everybody <laughs> she just took she off her underwear. panties off. I guess they didn't want them to hide their money or something, but they were stealing their it, pants. It would have been better. If uh, if they would have made him like take like their underwear off too, I thought it would have been funnier, um, like a cockfight. Um, I feel like I don't know, but I feel like I might have spied uh, Harry Dean Stanton being uh, well endowed. Yeah, I, I never paid no attention. <laughs> I, I, I looked at their underwear because I I thought like one of them was wearing like boxer briefs, and then some of them he was wearing tidy yeah. whities, and I feel like there was quite a quite a. Uh, a presence. Now you have uh, the the appearance of. Now the first time I saw this, for some reason I don't know how I missed that it was him. Um, you have a very young Steve Railsback, who when I was just talking about Sharon Tate and Charles Manson, he played Charles Charles Manson and Helter Skelter. He was also in uh, the Roger Ward classic uh, Turkey Shoot. Um, but Steve Railsback, he 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 <laughs> talk about a wooden actor, but he's he's a, he's kind of a redneck guy. I'm. I'm pretty sure he had to be from like fucking Arkansas or something in real life, but he plays this young uh, cockfighter that that goes up against um, Warren Oates, and at one point in the fight, his chicken is losing the fight, 
and he gets disqualified because he was sticking his pinky finger up the the rooster's asshole. And some for some reason he said, "My daddy taught me how to do that," and he said it 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 fires him up or something like that. And the guy says, "You sh- shove your finger up that that rooster's asshole." With that sharp fingernail, that's a that's a that's a fine, that's a disqualification. Or they it was so stupid, you know. Some of the shit they would come up with, like who would think to stick their finger up a chicken's asshole? And um, so then anyway, and then it, it just like any kind of gambling, whether it's you know cards or whatever, you always it's it's just full of low lifes. Like Steve Railsback's character, Ed Bagley Jr.'s character goes berserk because Ugh. he loves his chicken so much. And he was such a dick, you know, I, I want, uh, you know, you just want to war and oats just to fucking, you know, he did uh, subdue him a couple of times, but, it, it, but any kind of like that gambling thing, like dog fighting, <coughs> back room poker, it's you're always going to have low lives and people robbing, you know, it's easy money yep. robbing and, and guys that don't want to pay and shit like that. Um, but it was all done really well. I, I like the movie, yeah. you know, and, and uh, I know that Hellman, he said that um, I think they spent like maybe $400,000 to make this. Oh, that was the yeah, budget. They the didn't budget even hit that. Because uh, they all, like he, uh, Hellman, Coppola, uh, Ronnie Howard, I mean, Peter Fonda, there were so many guys. Oh, Scor- Scorsese, yeah. we did we did Boxcar Bertha. They all came up under Corman of- and learned. Yeah, and <laughs> the one thing that Hellman said, he he said uh, the one thing that he learned from Roger Corman was how to work cheap. He said that's all <laughs> Roger Corman cared about was saving every penny, working as cheap and as fast as possible, and that that's kind of how the movie. Um, he kind of thought that, well, first of all. Corman had, I think, Hellman, uh, you know, he said, okay, shoot it however you want, da 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 But then he went in and edited it. He brought somebody else in to edit it, and that guy, they cut it in such a way to make it more like a drive-in movie uh, yeah. because that's what Corman wanted, and um, he wasn't happy with that. The, the whole experience, I think Hellman said he wasn't happy with. This is the one movie that he really, you know – didn't like or wasn't happy how it turned out. He thought it could have been different and it should have, he should have concentrated more on, you know, the, the human story instead of, you know, just the, the sensationalizing of the, the cockfighting, because I think Corman actually even went in and, and reshot some stuff at the cockfighting and made it like bloodier. And they, they did like one test screening and the people hated it. They were disgusted by it. So he took all that out because they said it, the cockfighting alone, as it was, was bad enough. But when they added like blood, it, the people were just kind of grossed out by it and didn't like it. So he went ahead and uh, and switched it back. But it didn't do well at all. It's become like a, a, a cult classic and and a, like a forgotten cla- – not just a cult classic, but like a – Well, because it was hard yeah. to find. I think it was banned. I know it's still banned in the UK. Well, both of the movies that we're covering, <laughs> I think, were banned. Oh. <laughs> um, because even on uh, Shogun Assassin on the box, it says, you know, banned. Um, but this is a good movie. It's an interesting movie. Um, yes. I wouldn't say that everybody, I don't think that everybody will or would like it. 
I think, uh, you know, number one, Monty Hellman is a legendary director. Uh, Warren Oates, who died way too young, you know, stars in this. And the fact that he doesn't speak and everything is so is a really interesting concept. But I don't I, – I can see how like, you know, especially on the poster uh, when they changed it to, um, you know, uh, Born to Kill and it's got a picture of Warren Oates with an axe – you know, they think <laughs> Which doesn't even happen in the fucking well, movie. Well, at one point, I think. Uh, well, there's one point. He picks up an he picks up the axe just to Fred Bagley, right, to get it out of yeah, the way. And then uh, there's one part where he has a hatchet and he cuts a chicken's head off. But if you look at that, oh, and then with his fucking foot later on. Yeah, but you would think it was uh, a uh, from that poster that it was. He looks like a psycho <laughs> slasher. <laughs> like, yeah, like one of those backwoods. And then one of the things. posters said something like. He came to town with his cock in his hand. I can't remember what the other part of it was, but that, it was like nice, a double entendre and really uh, suggestive, like making you think it was going to be like a, almost like a porno movie or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it probably, you know, they could have thrown in something like that. I, you know, Lori Bird, she probably would have. You know. Hey, we have, listen, we have, uh, Guys holding cocks that that bump together in the in the middle of a circle. We have fingers and buttholes. Yeah. We have, chicken <laughs> abuse. We have tits. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You know. But so you know, it's it's, it's it, I I thought it was good. I I, I don't yes. you know I don't think it's a a ten, but but it's it's I'll tell you Warren Oates is is pretty fantastic in this without saying much at all. Um, most of the movie he says nothing. And it's all face. Mm-hmm. Um, the I I'm 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 always a fan of Harry Dean Stanton. Um, I liked the Richard Shull guy playing Omar. So Omar is this. I don't know how to describe him. He's got this nerdy kind of voice. He is. I guess he's the money behind Frank eventually. But he's like this white trash royalty almost in a way. Like he's he's good. The guy the guy that plays him is good because he's kind of sleazy. But he's like, well, a good example of it. He he to celebrate once he makes a, a champagne fountain, like where you stack up the glasses. Was that the you know, Polish the guy? Flutes. Yeah, with the one that he always wore overalls yeah, yeah, yeah. and a be- he had a beard. Yeah, um, and uh, but he makes a champagne fountain with uh, it was on like it's like dirty picnic table with plastic plastic sampling yeah yeah um but i like that that was kind of like the feel of the whole movie it was like the uh, it was a plastic champagne flutes on a dirty table here's the tagline he came to town with his cock in his hand and what he did with it is illegal in 49 states (laughs) you know i mean that's Uh, true but (laughs) yeah and eventually he had a lot of cocks in his hand Yeah, there was even a bathtub full of cocks at one point. Um, bloody ones. What? The um, the and there was <laughs> there's the guy that played Buford. It was funny. I was watching. I was like, that guy reminds me a lot of James Earl Jones. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I looked it up, and that's his dad. Well, that's James Earl Jones' dad. <laughs> Robert Earl Jones. I didn't know yeah. That. Yeah, you know who I'm talking yeah. about now, right? Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, God, he. I was like, I, I, I would, I like. You could look away and think that it was James Earl Jones speaking. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, or are we calling Jimmy? What? James Earl Jones. Jimmy Jimmy Earl yeah. Jones. 
So Earl Jones, I always thought Earl was his middle name. Maybe both of them had the same middle name, which is kind of unusual. Could be. Or is their last name Earl Jones? Wow. Um, yeah, I didn't understand Crazy. exactly how you lose your girlfriend in a bet. Because <laughs> she was pissed about it later, There's too. a couple of them I wouldn't have minded losing in a bet. <laughs> um, you know, there's some you locales want this year, that are... <laughs> Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Um, but yeah, the, you know, like I said, it's 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 a balance in this between like like redneck sleaze and people pretending almost that they're high class. Like you know, some you you got you got on one scene, um, uh, Warren Oates fighting, uh, cockfighting with uh, Ed Begley in in this vinyl floored barn out in the middle of nowhere. By the way, his the little thing on the back of his the door on the back of his uh, station wagon was pretty awesome. Oh yeah, how, like, how you, went down. You know that shit had to break all we the had time. That. We just had turned one. the key. We had like a couple of those. Did it ever break? I don't think so. It was like an automatic window. Yeah. For for a station wagon, but when you turn the key, not only does the window go brrr, up, the the tailgate actually brrr, goes down into the car. Wait a minute, well, that's pretty a, amazing. Who? Did we hire somebody to do sound effects? Yes. <laughs> Not only does the window go down, but the tailgate goes also down. Go, the tailgate goes down. Because <laughs> um. the tailgate's heavier, so it was a lower you know, thing. Yes, it's there much heavier. Um, but yeah, you got, you got, you got some super, super shady locales like that, but then you have the same shit going on with people wearing suits, eating dinner at the senator's house. You know, and and I noticed, you know that you know you you think that a lot of this is kind of like that has that documentary feel, but I feel like I don't know if Hellman did it on purpose or what, but it was kind of by the end making a comment on these people mm-hmm. because it would by the end it's like at the beginning we get the slow motion kind of pretty fight and that's all you see, but by the end it's like you'll see a close up just a flash of a chicken's foot or blood or something and then like it pans across the audience and like, these old ladies just sitting there like not interested mm-hmm. people just like drinking or yelling spitting well i've never there been was, to like, a cockfight but honest to god if you took the cockfight out of this it's just like going to the fair around here you know the all the people and everything <laughs> it's like going to wrestling r- at the uh well, at the there you go. um but uh yeah, that one dude disgustingly eating chicken later on. Brr, get him, Red. Um, Some good chicken, though. You know what? I'll be. I'll tell you what. You fucking. Uh, I bet you they had lots of fried chicken at those. But I mean, because you got to figure. I mean, when they, <laughs> they like they just kill those, like cut their heads off or whatever, or the ones that yeah. died and everything. Wouldn't you just you know fucking pluck them and throw them in the deep fryer? Well, yeah, they uh, uh, Omar and Frank ate one early on. Frank was pissed about the chicken that he got because he said his claws were too high, so he just chopped yeah, that his, poor he, goddamn he chicken cho- chopped his head off, and then they decided to eat it. They later. just had like a the whole back of the truck was full of dead chickens. Yeah. I don't know what the hell the deal with that shit is. I don't, I don't get but it. No, um, you know it's 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 a it's one of these movies where it's like you're kind of like intrigued and repulsed at the same time, which is kind of a weird feeling through the whole yeah. thing. It's, it's, it's pretty pacey, even though it's a, uh, has that, it definitely has a seventies feel, but a drive in feel. It's a nice balance. I thought, you know, I, it's unfortunate that Hellman doesn't like it more than he does. Cause I think it's pretty, it's, it's pretty good for, for what it is. So, but what would you rate it? 
Let's see. Oh, just another aside. I did read that Ooh. the the lady that played the redheaded girlfriend, Patricia something. Mm-hmm. What is her name? Uh, I read in somebody's or an article somewhere that when she saw the cockfight for the first time, Hellman had kept her from seeing it at all. So he was getting a reaction. Yeah. Of her seeing cockfighting for the first time. I can't. So, I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, couldn't go out with a girl that didn't like cockfighting. Um, <laughs> I give this a probably like a seven point seven five. I'm pretty close. Uh, I give it an eight point two five. It's uh, it's really good, and it's 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 worth seeing if if you can manage the. I mean, technically, it's animal cruelty. Yeah. But it's it's animal on animal for the most part. Makes you wonder how they made it, you know, how they got away with. Uh, you know. I guess the people just didn't care. I mean, nobody like, went to see you know. it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> well, where they filmed it, it was probably legal. Yeah, well, they wouldn't make it today, and, you know. No, they couldn't. Well, I guess they and, CGI um, it. Well, yeah. Oh God, could you imagine how terrible that would be? Well, that's what they said though. You know, when they were talking about him adding the blood, that actually. In you know the cockfights, which they showed everything, there's not a lot of blood. No, well, he has like, well, they were all puncture yeah. wounds. <laughs> it's just like the fucking like heel would just go straight through the chicken, the back of the chicken's head, and they just lay there. Ugh. Anyway, good movie, gross but good. Uh, speaking of gross but good, we're gonna take a break and come back and talk about Shogun Assassin. We'll be right back. When you're watching movies, are you sick of remakes, reboots, reimaginings, reinventions, and Reese Witherspoon? Are you fed up with movies where giant robots try to remake Enter the Dragon? Do you think that torture porn is vastly inferior to 1970s drive-in porn? Do you find Botox actresses with fake tits and action heroes with no chest hair a turn-off? Do movies where no single shot lasts more than two and a half seconds piss you off. Yeah, me too. That's why I do Paleo Cinema Podcast, a podcast for films more than 20 years old. So if you think that Sid Charisse is a guy and that Myrna Loy is a kind of metal, you need Paleo Cinema Podcast. Go to paleo-cinema.com and do yourself a favour. Got started a little faster. All right, Shogun Assassin. Uh, Zom, would you care to synopsize? When the wife of the Shogun's decapitator is murdered, he is ordered to commit suicide by the paranoid Shogun. He and his four-year-old son escape and become assassins for hire, embarking on a journey of blood and violent death. <coughs> <laughs> What? So um, this is 
Shogun Assassin is a reconstructed um, American version of a couple of Lone Wolf and Cub movies. Now, Lone Wolf and Cub came out in Japan. It was based on a, 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 a comic book series. And uh, it came out in 72, and they pumped out six of those movies in about two years. Um, and what this movie is, it takes about 15 minutes of the first one to mainly do flashbacks and most of the second one. So this is mostly the story of the second, and it's kind of the story. They changed it, which is fine. It works. Um, this is directed by Robert Houston. Um you might remember him from such amazing movies as Playboy Erotic Fantasies. It's a good one. Or uh, the Playboy Video Playmate Calendar 1994. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, America's Most Wanted America Fights Back <laughs> documentary. That was that. Um, sorry. So he didn't do too much. Oh, wow. um, I don't know what he, like. He probably waited tables between directing shit. He did something called Caged Fear. In um, the show <laughs> Growing Pains, he played Retard oh, from God. 1984. He, he did something. He did a movie called Caged Fear, and it had the dude from Warrant, the band Warrant. Nice. You, uh, yeah. <laughs> Janie Lane. Yeah. Um, anyway. Well, you know, it, it's oh, he directed one episode of Doogie Howser. Oh, uh, the episode titled "It's a Tough Job, But Why Does My Father Have to Do It?" Um, and he would, he would, he would direct under Bobby Houston instead of Robert. Anyway, the um, <sighs> Bobby Houston remakes are one of these things where you know, a lot of people will scoff or whatever. This is certainly a remake, but it, it's interesting the way they've done it. It almost makes it feel unique. Um, there's some certain changes they made to the story and with the the way it's told and and even the soundtrack that kind of make it stand out on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still probably like... Um, I, I Well, I definitely like Lone Wolf and Cub better, but this has a different even kind of sleazier feel than those movies do, and those movies get pretty ridiculous. But <laughs> Have you seen any of the Lone Wolf and Cub movies? Yes, I have, but I can't, I, I, you know, I don't remember which ones. They kind of, they, they kind of start to, if you, when you read about them, they, they'll remember. Yeah. But, um, that cart got a little one, bit ridiculous. Yes, it did, with the machine guns. <laughs> and, um, so one of the uh one of the i was looking through the voice of the people that did the english dub of this and sandra bernhardt I, I don't i don't know who she did I saw who that she today was. and i was like holy <laughs> shit that is so ggtmc because <laughs> so will loves the, her uh, he yeah, i mean seriously he like thinks she's like the super sexy and everything awesome Ugh. um <laughs> did we do king of comedy uh, I think we did. She was in that. Um, so this is our second Sandra Bernhard movie. So unlike the Japanese version, much of this story is narrated by the little kid Daigoro. Um, which, if you think about it for too long, it's kind of silly because he's three. And to be as well-spoken and like introspective as he is, it's kinda, you know, 
like he can count up to 500 or whatever how many people his dad's yeah. killed or he doesn't speak like a three-year-old unless he's speaking like maybe years later or yeah something, but he still has a kid because the voice. kid was like seven the actual kid so a... they i'd like to see what he looks like now the kid that played dagoro like sam because uh-huh. even which would have been which was even weird because since this movie was originally made in 72 even by the time this was made he would have been close to being an adult <laughs> which is kind of bizarre mm-hmm. Um, I guess they had to make those movies so fat in rapid fashion because of you know they didn't, they wanted to keep him young, so that all of them were done within two years of each other. But the the way this one is kind of uh, the ground is laid out, uh, you know, the kid says it was a bad time for the empire. Basically, the sh- the shogun has lost his shit. He's hiding himself away in his castle. He's all paranoid. He might be schizophrenic. You know, everybody's living in fear because he's lost. He's gone off his rocker, and um, but. Um, Lone Wolf, they don't call him Ogami Ito. In the original movie, he's Ogami Ito, but they don't call him that. They just call him Lone Wolf in this movie. Um, He was not scared of the Shogun, Mm -hmm. unlike everybody else, but the Shogun was scared of him. He was getting too powerful. And um, Now, in the original, so that's kind of like the setup for him trying to, you know, kill his wife, and that's kind of what sets him off. In the original... He is framed by like the Yagyu clan of ninja because he was chosen. And they, they explain this more as the series goes on. Um, when he was the, the lead executioner for the Shogun, there was a clan that thought that they deserved to be, have that, like, that, the honor of having that role. So they framed him for something and uh, have it so the Shogun tries to assassinate him. In this one, the Shogun is just an ass. <laughs> but... Um, the they have the flashback. This is one of the things from the original movie of the the the, the legendary scene. If you've seen these movies of the kid, uh, you know, making the choice. You know, what a time you've chosen to be born. And he has the kid choose. It's a good uh, thing the kid didn't know, have a dream of playing basketball or volleyball. <laughs> no, or just laying on the beach, yeah. playing with his little uh, threaded beach ball. Um, then he stabs a sword into the into the mat, and then he ro- puts a ball, and he wants the kid to choose. You want a life of a life on the road, uh, live by the sword, die by the sword, or do you want to be a kid and blah blah blah? And the kid reaches for the sword, but um, so kind of like uh, when it glosses over, kind of the, still the whole setup. This is where you see kind of like the life he leads. It shows him. Uh, Dispatching a couple ninjas, um, pretty awesome. Uh, where he slices down, and one of the ninjas like catches the blade with his that 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 move where you slap the slap your hands, catch the blade in your hands, but the sword's already embedded. Yeah, in his skull. he did he like a half-ass pressing job down. <laughs> and, but the guy, uh, he's and just then, sitting there, he know, just keeps ta- he's like talking to him, even though he's got the sword. And the other, the, his his partner jumps over and. Uh, Instead of trying to get the sword out of his skull, this is when you see the, the, the stroller make its first appearance. He pulls the handle off, and the, the hidden blade comes out of the handle and cuts that guy out of midair. Um, now, I mentioned the score. This almost has a uh, like this John Carpenter-sounding score. Um, it's, good. it's a good soundtrack. Uh, it really makes it like stand out even more, like I said, f- than uh, from the Japanese movie. Now, there, there is an exception. The, the, when they have a scene on a boat, and uh, the music that they play while the boat is in trouble is really bad. <laughs> it was not good. 
But uh, other than that, I'm gonna see if I can. I wonder if I can find. Very, a lot of that stuff is like kind of like techno or something. You know? Yeah, it was very synthy. Yeah. It was good stuff. Shogun Assassin. I still have. Uh, I could have danced to that music. I still have the Burt Reynolds laugh up. <laughs> on my YouTube, they ought to remake it and like have Sa- Sandra Bernhard play like one of those crazy ninja bitches. <laughs> you know, some of those <laughs> chicks were fucking god, especially the ones that were like lopping that guy to bits. Oh yeah, that yeah, sick. that was a pretty awesome. Just like the meat when hitting the ground. The 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 ninjas the the Yagyu clan come in and they're like yeah what can you women do you can't you can't fight this guy Ugh. and they're like yeah right show like put your best guy in here and see how long he makes it and their one ninja comes in and like the, the the four chicks just like circle circle around him they start cutting off his nose and his ears and by the end he's just like a fucking buoy <laughs> yeah laying, laying ew <laughs> like his meat Let's they were can, heartless uh, but you know that's how they are. Original motion picture soundtrack. The Legend of Lone Wolf. Here we go. Let's see if this is it. Come on, YouTube. Don't give me an ad. When I was little, my father was famous. <laughs> he was the greatest samurai in the empire. And he was the shogun's decapitator. Decapitator. He cut off the heads of 131 lords. <laughs> Let me fast forward. We'll get to the music. Um, but anyway, the, uh, let's see. Yeah. The, like I said, the music that plays on the boat's not great, but, um, there's a lot of good gory kills in this, uh, which is kind of what, oh my God, this kid just keeps talking. Jesus Christ. Pick the ball, kid. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, you see him slice through one guy. Um, I, I like when he, the, you get the one thing you usually see it in anime movies, but when they, um, when he slashes through uh, bamboo and the bamboo like falls after the fact, yeah. but he slashes completely through one guy that's trying to run away, and not only does he slash through him, he also uh, slashes through this big like log that's barricading a gate, and that's when it opens and shows the. The Shogun on the other side. Um, I love how sharp the swords are. Now, was it this one or was it one, another one that I watched where he does the head slash on somebody, but the guy's, it actually shows the guy's head like kind of unfold. Yeah, that was and this blood one. Sprays it out just looks like a big that ball was this of hair. <laughs> yeah. But then I thought, okay, well, where's the brains and the skull and everything? And then there's like a cut and then the arterial spray. The piece out. But it did just look like a big ball of hair. It's just like everybody, everybody hisses in this when they when they get their this heads. This is the off. first movie I ever saw that had the exaggerated arterial spray, the the aortal yeah. spray. Um, so not not only does he have the uh, the the lady ninjas after him, he also has these three. I don't remember what they call it, the Death Squad, maybe Others, uh, uh, Death or something or something. So, so the, the the story in this one is the is the these I don't know if they were farmers or what, but they they're basically paying him his thousand gold pieces. And in the in the Japanese one, it's always five hundred. He'll do any job for five hundred. Um, but they're paying him the money to basically kill the brother of the shogun. 
Um, in the original movie, it's a clan of die makers. Masters of death. And they have this masters of death, and they have this secret um, formula for indigo dye. And there's this one asshole that's trying to sell the the formula to the shogun, and it, it would ruin their their money making. And but so in the, in that movie, it's he's traveling with those three masters of death or whatever they are. Um, in this one, it's the shogun's brother, and those three guys are pretty cool. And you got to think, speaking of the uh, the John Carpenter link, that John Carpenter had to be influenced a little bit by these three guys for the three guys from. Uh, um, Ah, the Kurt Russell movie, The Big Trouble in Little China, uh, with the three guys with the huge straw hats that all have their own separate kind of uh, abilities. And these guys, one has like these. Um, uh, you'll see him. You see him in like the ninja movies where it's like the claws inside his hand. Like it's almost like little gloves, and the claws come under his fingers. Um, and then there's one guy that has like brass knuckles, and another guy that just uses like a big spiked club. And, How uh, brutal was that one scene where the guy with the claws on his hands does the guys in the they're hiding under the sand in the desert? Oh yeah, he just ah. comes, he just walks along and he'll just go, and then you see blood kind of pool up, and then he reaches into the sand with his big like uh, uh, Vega claws from Street Fighter and pulls the dude out by the top. And of the, the guy's guy just goes, ah. yeah, oh, it's yeah. awful. <laughs> um, the uh, the the. The, they're just like laughing the women, about it when they're doing it. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Christ. The women ninjas use uh, weaponized radishes at one point, which I thought was pretty cool. But um, I thought of Sammy when there was a net attack, although the net in this one looked like it had fish hooks on the inside. Ooh. And then the one lit, like ninja lady does this weird, like really awkward-looking like moonwalk backwards <laughs> to get away. Um, yeah, that, that was like kind of weird because it was like, like yeah. mesmerizing or something, you know? Okay, she she hypnotized him. He realized he realized he wasn't gonna catch up, so he just stands there and watches her. And she's like, beep, 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 running backwards, backwards faster away. than he could run forwards or something. Yes. Yep, yep. And and then um, they had that um, the ones that had that. Uh, speaking of mesmerizing, they had those different like uh, patterned geese or whatever, and and they yeah. would, they were jumping around, and it just kind of made like some kind of a hypnotizing effect. They come mm-hmm. up with some some cool shit, you know. Yeah, Dig it. but uh, there was some there was some good like um, uh, hey low budget stuff. Here's an ad. I act like a grumpy old man. <laughs> What's that <laughs> from the next song? I don't. It was an ad on the next. Uh, the uh, the soundtrack was still playing on YouTube. It was an ad. Movie. Hungry transformation prank is what that this ad is called. Let's skip it and play the song. Here we go. Um, the ninja. The. There's a cool like ghostly effect they do a few times when ninja guys are like flipping around and they're doing like a yeah. kind of a second shot over it where it looks it makes it look like it's supposed to make it look like they're going even faster. Um, pretty ridiculous scene on the boat when he throws his knife like all the way across the room back to a guy and he catches it and then the So it's it's a lot of him yeah, he, like, he, he goes out away. You know, if who, you do, you don't want to give yourself away of who you are. If some guy, asshole throws a knife and it sticks right beside your head, and he asks you to, to to give it back, you should just take it out and like give it back to him. You don't throw it. Just walk over it there. Sticks in the he doesn't give a fuck. That's you know, impo- would be impossible for anybody to do. He doesn't give. He's a, a honey fuck fucking badger. Dude. <laughs> um, 
I was impressed. I had not seen this cut of it before. I was worried about the English dub, and I'm, you know, you worry about that kind of thing where it's like, man, they took two movies and made it into one, but it, but they make it work. They with said this. they hired um, deaf lip readers to, uh, or yeah, to to uh, to to do the voices, or, or I can't remember how they said it. To to, to uh, they would like read. I don't know, but it was it's, honest to God. They said they that they hired deaf lip readers to huh. write down what they thought that they were saying, so it would match up with their what they were saying. Their mouths would match up to the English. So this is this stars um, the guy that said Lone Wolf who plays Ogami Ito or Lone Wolf. He uh, his name is let's see Tomosaburo Wakayama. I think he just might have gone by by Wakayama but he was uh, his brother was Shintaro Katsu who played Zadoichi in all those movies um, and he also played Hanzo the Razor and this guy I really I think I only knew him from the Lone Wolf and Cub movies but as I was telling Zom when I look when I look up pictures of him now I'm like god he looks so much different when he's not a fucking samurai it looks weird um, he's kind of chubby with no chin. He is both of them. Both of them ended up kind of being that way. They both had a very similar build. build. They weren't the most impressive physically, but it looks like they do a lot of their own, like jumping around and 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 stuff like that. So I don't think they were out of shape. I think that's just how they were built. There's another. There's a cool picture of him. There he looks like his. He looks more like the Zadoichi form of his brother. Um, but yeah, if you find some of the later pictures of him where he's got like gray hair on his temples and like wearing a suit and tie, it's just like, <sighs> bizarre. Anyway, what'd you think of this movie? Uh, I've always liked it. I got it on VHS. Uh, Jesus Christ! I mean, I don't know how long ago it was, but uh, um, long, long time ago. It's the it's the one that says "banned" on the front of it and everything. They this is kind of one of those movies I think that plays well for a VHS type thing. It's it's it. They've, they've, which I should have said this. They they've done a good job at making taking this Japanese movie and making it feel like a American mm-hmm. exploitation movie without <laughs> without it feeling cheap. They did a good job. I watched it with a bunch of um, of people, and um, you know because because it's you know dubbed and it's you know it's dubbed relatively well. I mean, it's not like one of these horrible ones. And uh, just the the uh, especially with dudes, you know the. The over-the-top violence and the spraying, you know, yep. uh, blood and everything—it got over. You know, people liked the, the people I watched it with liked it and thought it was, you know, they were like, "Oh my god," you know, just kind of like, but not in a scoffing, <laughs> shitty way. Um, I, I even like the the, uh, the little kid narrating and stuff. I kind of like that. It kind of it kind of like adds something to it. Um, from from his perspective, because I'm like, oh my god, can you imagine if you were a little kid and this was like a daily thing? <laughs> These guys uh, come running at you all the time, and um, I like that uh, that uh, the lone wolf guy, you know, hardly ever slept. So it got to the point where he was just like, you know, almost you know exhausted, and yeah. um, it does have some pretty rapey uh, sex in it. Um, <laughs> he meets up with some chick, and I mean, he pretty much just like, oh, oh, and she's like, ah, ah, you know, like uh, uh, resisting, but it really does have a, a, a very rapey feel. And then um, he gets a um, uh, cub, uh, starts like uh, flicking her tit 
with his with the back of his hand because I guess he wants some nourishment. Which you know, if if you're not pregnant, I, mean, I don't know if you'd be able to do that. That's... No, I I think he was just I think he was just being like playful about it. I don't, I don't nipple. Yeah, because he did it to his dad. Too. He did it to his dad. Too. He knows his dad's nipple. <laughs> well, he, he, I don't know if it was a punch or what, but yeah, he he patted him on the tit a couple times, then he turns over to her and flicks her too. God, set a picture of breastfeeding for my dad. Um, but anyway, I like it. I I I think it's a fun movie. You know, the the violence is like I said. There's a couple of things that there's like there's a lot of uh, uh, swords to the head and claws yeah, yeah. to the head and uh, heads being split open and necks. I don't know what kind of training this guy had, but I like watching him with a sword. I don't know if he looks like shit or yeah. not, but it looks good to me. He does that kind of uh, minimalist style. Like uh, I, I love some yeah. of the scenes like where he's standing. They have like that little uh, kind of dam waterfall thing. This little like, small little waterfall and they're standing oh, yeah. on that and he just he, he just kind of like and then the one part where they jump down off the waterfall and it's just a short waterfall into the water and then he has his hands under the water with his sword and you know, oh and it comes up yeah, with the with the with it leaving a trail through the water and the one scene where the masters of death uh, I think they show up and the little boy's just standing there and he just points to the ridge on in the desert and uh, and he's just standing up there. It was just like fuck, you know. You know those guys, even though they thought they were badasses, they were probably like holy shit because this guy's got like a, a reputation of being almost oh, yeah. like a god-like monster oh, I, or something. I love the fucking red mist there. Yeah. And the, what that guy because he says something very similar. The red mist guy. He says something very similar in the Japanese one too about like the, the wind and uh, it was a cool, cool, cool moment. I thought that was good. But I, I, I enjoy it. I've, I haven't seen it in a while. I, it was buried in a big Tupperware box in the basement, <laughs> and uh, luckily, uh, after bragging that you know, oh, I picked this because it's sitting right on the shelf in the living room. Well, it wasn't. And, uh, <laughs> you had to go work. Yeah, for it was it. going from memory. I was like, you know, shit, that used to be. You know, I knew it was in plain sight, and it was the the front of the the clamshell was facing forward. And I was like, oh fuck, I couldn't find it anywhere. And then, luckily, it was in the second box. I looked. Put, put it this way: these boxes are so heavy that because they have VHS tapes <laughs> in them, you know, and, and books, and I could barely lift that one box. And I was like, God, why did I do this? It's, you know, but it, it's better than dusting them, I guess. You know. Mm-hmm. Most of mine are gone. My, my, oh, the only VHS I have left fit in a uh, fit in a milk crate. Well, my one VHS player still works. So as long as it still works, I'm gonna. Yeah, I bu- I bought a really nice because I used to buy a lot of uh, wrestling tapes mm-hmm. and a lot of um, uh, anime shows that you couldn't get here. I would buy those on eBay on VHS back in the yeah. late '90s, and the I bought a really nice VCR then. But now, <laughs> and I now still you, have it. Still I kicking. get on get on the internet, and I mean. The only VCRs that you can really find are ones that have been rebuilt, and if they're if they're mm-hmm. brand new, I mean they're expensive. Yeah, I got a Sony one. It's got like this wheel on it, so you can track yeah. uh, track and like the slow motion. It actually is not even fuzzy. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I like that technology. <laughs> <laughs> good old good old VHS. Yeah. Except when I get some Crimson of the tapes out and they they don't play. See, I don't like that view. Don't like you don't like this one. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Wonderland Philharmonic. That's what the credit is on that one. Anyway, uh, we can rate this. Um, I, as I said, I'm impressed. I like sl- uh, sleazier samurai movies. Um, there's no um, there's no Highlander type sword fighting in this. Uh, this is not like two guys fighting for five minutes with parries and thrusts and all that stuff. The parrying and thrusting was for cockfighter. Um, yeah. The, Who was parrying? But <laughs> exactly. the um, but it's a it's a it's one guy you know killing about eighteen people at once through with one slash at a time, which is pretty great. So um, I was impressed with how they uh, converted this to American. Uh, without kind of losing the feel of it, and um, but I, I give it an eight out of ten. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. I probably give it like an eight point five. I I like it every time I watch it, and uh, I even like the the music, Sandra Bernhardt. I mean, you know everything about it, and it's you know I I, I, I like the, you know I like the uh, originals too. I mean you know, but like I said, the the cart the the further they went along, I don't mind like the uh, him pulling out some knives or some bow staffs or something like that. But even in this one, when when he pushed the uh, little boy towards the the group of guys, and the little kid who's three years old hits something with his foot, and the right. swords come flying, you know that was that was even a little bit ridiculous. But it got so ridiculous it wasn't even funny. But yeah, eight point five. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to watch. I may try to watch the fifth one tonight. So. Uh, cool. Let's uh, let's just hop right into feed sack again because we only got uh, one from Mr. Ralph again. Ralph. Uh, let's see, feet feet sack from Ralph. Um, hi, loaf and zom. Okay, now listen. I'm in full zom mode now. Let me tell you something, people. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> What's with the shit rating? Uh, the shit rating a movie that high that you didn't even like. Uh, I think he's talking about that uh, fucking Jean-Paul uh, Bellamondo movie. Oh yes. yeah. Uh, if a movie is shit, acknowledge it. I know that some movies are important in film history, and sure, every film ever made is worth. I don't know what that word is. Something uh, in the eye of the people involved in it. Still doesn't mean you have to like it or even appreciate it. If you rate a snore fest like Pierre Le, Fou- Le Foul with an 8 you're not true to yourself man a personal rating should always reflect one's personal opinion not what others may think of it do I know Citizen Kane's influence in film history sure I do do I have to love it hell no (laughs) although I like it I'd give it an 8 out of 10 at best based on personal preference or inherent vice sure Paul Thomas Anderson made it and it's got a shitload of great actors in it even looks awesome and feels genuinely 70s Still, it's a shit film for me, as the plot didn't make a lick of sense. All the characters are soulless shells, and uh, that it's almost two and a half hours long. Three out of ten. Nice. <laughs> That's a very well-earned rating, my friend. Uh, I don't want to rant here, but I think you, my dear Zom, should rate a movie based only on how much you like it. Otherwise, a rating doesn't make sense. This would also add further class and professionalism to the show. Yeah, right. Uh, but how dare you interrupt my feet sack with some music. <laughs> I still laugh my ass off all the time, though, every time you laugh or comment or just fart or burp during the promos. Uh, I may be sick and tired about Mike wanting to suck Lance Henriksen's cock for the 1,000th time. <laughs> it's like, who would you sleep with, Lance Henriksen, because he, uh, he could keep a secret? 
Uh, really, uh, but your comments help a lot here. I really appreciate it, and I guess you're the only show playing those promos live. And I love Mike and Paul anyway. No hard on feelings here, gents. Oh, uh, and as I call for being professional all the time, I also tried to be and put the episode number in the mail title so that I wouldn't, uh, so that Loaf would not get confused. Yes, he said it's for episode 179, so I know if I've read it or not. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yours truly, Rolf Oot. And looking forward to your cocks fighting in this episode. Too bad a podcast isn't a visual format. Well, Zom and I might be uh, sharing a room soon, so maybe we can make some videos. Listen, for you, you know, when you when you when you're watching a movie that you, that you artistically have to let flow over you, you know, <laughs> that's the way it goes. I should interrupt you with more music, damn it. <laughs> anyway, like that's it for the feet sex sex. To techno music. Which I, I, you know, I might have some here in a little bit with myself. Yay! Put on the Shogun Assassin soundtrack. Yeah, and give some uh, genitalia spray. That would suck <laughs> if you were masturbating and when you got ready to come, fucking like blood gushed out like that. Oh my god, I almost fell. <laughs> my chair almost hit backwards. No trip for you. Cum, if the cum when you finished looked like, uh, looked like the aortal spray. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave it on the wall and everything. You know what? I, uh, you know, speaking of that, like you talk about, like like guys like Peter North and how they like the you know the just blop 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 you know, you know get a bit massive. Can you imagine? I don't even like cleaning up the fucking uh, you know my. You know, can you imagine the little bit that just lazily like gurgles and out? a mop and fucking uh, <laughs> Windex and everything else, like a shovel, uh, alcohol wipes. Ugh. Wait, what? Um, all right, you can always send us feet sacks to feed sack to 206-339-1600. I can't believe I still remember that number. I should call it soon so it doesn't get yeah. canceled. <laughs> um, uh, 206-339-1600 or uh, email to silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and you can download our show, as always, on iTunes, Stitcher, and our website at silvagoldpodcast.com. Join up on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Silva and Gold. And uh, our other groups, too, Wrestling and Gold and Gentleman's Guide to Comics and Sports and TV. I think there's out there. I'm not in that one. Feedback group. Feedback group. Gentleman's Guide. We got something coming up soon, kind of a crossover kind of thing. So stay tuned for that. Getting the band um, back together. We are getting the band back together. We're striking up the band, Shawn Michaels style. Ew. Ew. Deep sea sub fighter, I'm turning you down. Another ad. Uh, YouTube <laughs> keeps offering me up that uh, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. Um, is that a Hell in a Cell? That we watched? They did fight a Hell in a Cell. We, we watched it at FanFest, and I got mad because I hate Shawn Michaels so much. Yes. No, no, that was the WrestleMania, WrestleMania match. Yeah. When Undertaker like did the the header over the top straight under the floor and somehow didn't die, they keep offering that one up for me to watch, and it was really a good match. But I just hate that little fucker. <laughs> he brings out the the, right. the, the, uh, the 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 worst in me. I'm sorry, some bitch. You should watch uh, the Young Bucks. You'll fucking hate them. Young too. Bucks. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you have anything else, sir? No. 
Me either. I'm gonna go get some shit done. I got a busy week ahead of me. (laughs) Alrighty, until next time. This is a low. Oops. Um, Oops.